DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Time to talk jazz basketball with the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowler, Jack Bowler. Good morning. Well, hello again. <laughs> Thanks for giving us a minute to work with Joe Ingles. No problem. You've got practice. He wanted to know if and the first question to you was any good. and He said the first question was, why is Joe Ingles so terrible? <laughs> <laughs> so that Not worked. Joe. That Joe, worked. Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe. the comedian. Exactly. So I am curious because you sit there and watch him, and you also see the practices and the shoot-arounds and all that, and around the guys on the road, you probably get the sense of the mood and all that. And before we get to all the basketball stuff, PK was quizzing Joe on this, and Joe was talking about how, you know, a year ago he hadn't heard his son's voice, and now he hears it all the time. So, yeah, he wants to win and do whatever to win, but, man, nothing can drag you down like that dragged him down. So he doesn't... He doesn't get as high and low emotionally. You know, life keeps him anchored, you know, even keel, which is where you're supposed to be anyway. How much do you feel that when you're around the team? How even keel? They got a lot of young guys. And, you know, if you don't have a family to go to, go home to, if you're living alone, I I could see where the game, would, for better or worse, would get in your head and stay with you a little more. Do you see that? I tell you, I totally agree. I think Joe, you know, with what he went through last year with his son and autism and that diagnosis and the way he's handled it, uh, look, life comes at you pretty quick, and when those situations at home uh, become a part of your life even more, I think it surely uh, absolutely impacts you, and perspective becomes um, you know to the forefront. And I think Joe's a great example of that. I don't see him that high or that that low. I mean, I think emotionally, still, uh, the adjustments he's had to go through, you know, just in his professional life of starter bench adjustments uh maybe not as a not as involved offensively but you look at his numbers and the example i'll give you is just last night you know he took four shots joe's probably a guy on a on an average would be you know eight shots nine shots a game but coming off the bench and working with jordan clarkson clarkson uh, a lot of those shots just don't come his way at the particular moment but he still makes great use of his minutes. I mean, the guy's over five-plus assists a night. Last night, six, five rebounds. And again, his plus-minus was seven, plus seven. So all those things come into play. And, I, you know, I, I think it's an adjustment, guys. I don't think, I don't think any of us would be thrilled uh, to lose your starting position. But at the same time, I think Joe's one of those special players who is more team concept uh, and understands what he has to do. And so that's one reason why Joe is Joe. And he's got that emotional side to him on the floor, too, uh, you know, with the smirk. I, I, you know, it's uh, the smirk hasn't come as often. The Jazz have struggled, uh, but not the last three games. are starting to kind of, I think, re- refine. I'm not sure what Joe said about the three-game winning streak, but I think they're building back to confidence, which equates into finding – your best style of game as you make that final push of 20 games into the playoffs. So, you know, the dip occurred. Hopefully it doesn't happen again. And like I said before Joe came on, uh, you know, maybe the, the the real test to see how far they've come is against a higher level of competition, and that's the Boston Celtics uh, tomorrow night. How much easier is what they're trying to accomplish when Bogdanovich is putting the ball in a basket? 
DK, anytime you hit shots, man, I think the game just opens up. I saw you see confidence immediately from my chair when an early shot is made, and especially if it's Bogdanovich. And you know what he did last night, too, and he continued to show flashes of athleticism. Uh, more than I thought. I've said this before. I thought we were just getting a three-point shooter, but he's a more dynamic athlete than that. Uh, he's, he's good to the to, to the rim. He can finish when he's on. Now, he struggled, no question. And he was no one was more harder on, on Boyan Bogdanovich than Boyan, and I respect that. I mean, he called himself out. He's got to play better, and you know what? He's turned it around. And so even though, you know, these wins – have come against the Wizards and the Cavs and uh, the New York Knicks. Uh, still, you have to win, and you win on the road. It's not easy to win on the road anywhere in the NBA, but the Jazz have two in their pocket. And, again, the Boston game, will, will I think, will kind of give us a lot of information of how far they've come. But uh, Bogdanovich, what I like about him is, first, his personality, too. He's, he, he just has that cool, calm, assassin kind of approach to his game. Most three-point three-point shooters do, but also I, I'm I'm impressed with his, you know, his dribbling and his ability to to use the body as strength and get to the rim and finish when he's when he's hot and when he's on. And that's kind of what we saw a combination of last night. You know, he called himself out in front of the the gaggle there. You know, it was a whole yeah. group before the the pregame show, and it was just so matter of fact and definitive, but no real emotion in that. Uh, no. I found that kind of odd. I can't say I've never seen it happen, but you don't see it happen very often. I wondered if he was putting too much pressure on himself, but it seems to have worked. Yeah, he was stone cold, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he was. I think he was talking to himself almost in the mirror. Is what he was doing when he was, as you said, in the gaggle of uh, reporters, and I, you know what, I think fans appreciate truth uh, and honesty, and I think that's who he is up front. You know, uh, being around him, he's really. Uh, did you see the video clip of him on the plane the other night doing a little dance? And that was kind of the loosest I've ever seen Boyan in his in his short time with the Jazz. Uh, I think it was Donovan. Uh, put a clip up about him just doing a little dance on the flight, and Rudy was was laughing, and it was just kind of like showing you who Boyan really is. I think he's a true professional, hard on himself, wants to win in the worst ways, and he doesn't really let himself come off that plateau often. So, um, you know, maybe being having a a fun moment kind of helps along the way. You, you still got to keep life real. You think Conley's settled in, and this is what we'll get the rest of the way? Okay, that's another great question. I think you start to see a, uh, and the only thing you can do is, you know, as Locke would say, is some analytics here, and uh, you know how you have to give it like a five to ten to twelve game sample size, and the sample size is growing right in his favor. Mike maybe is another guy that was uh, truthful to himself, understood that he wasn't playing at the level he wanted to, worked through some injury. Uh, You know, he's heard the. Um, the concerns uh, on you know social media about whether or not he fits and his you know playability, and I I think maybe again he's stepped back from him his game as well and and he's healthier and he's starting to seem he seems PK from my chair and I'm sure you see what I see he seems more comfortable more confident I don't see him thinking about what to do instead of just act you know. The, the action of playing, it's just a natural motion now for him instead of the hesitation that I, that I was seeing 
uh, earlier. So if that's the case, that's good news. That's good news for the Jazz. See, I think a lot of this is getting put on Mike and Joe. I think it's the front office. I think that cutting Jeff Green, I think that trading Exum for Clarkson, and at the same time, you got to put the coaching staff in there too because they make the switch at center, and Bradley starts getting more minutes, and Davis largely has gone to the bench. He's played a little bit, but largely he's gone to the bench. And I think that when Joe and Mike were out there playing two-on-five and three-on-five, while Mike tried to learn the system, while all the new teammates tried to get to know each other, while there were a couple guys out there who couldn't score it and spread the floor, now Mike's, well, the offense isn't working. Well, it's not working because you don't have the right players. And now he's trying to go one-on-one, and he doesn't really have confidence in what he's supposed to do, so he's kind of falling back on what he did in Memphis. I think when you look back on it now, it's clear that that was a recipe for totally inconsistent play. And that's why they were just a couple games over 500. He gets hurt. Uh, Moutier, to his everlasting credit, is ready to go and is constantly improving. Conley sits on the bench and sees the offense start to function the way it's supposed to because they got five guys who fit together on the floor. And I think Mike is then is like, okay, that's how it's got to be. Here's what I got to do. Now, he had to sit his 20 games, and it took a while to get back into playing shape and all that stuff. But now over 10 games, he's 15 points and 5 assists. He's 47.5% shooting, 38 from 3. It's like, I think this is completely repeatable. I think this is who he is. I don't think his numbers get much better, although we got some people on a poll question here, about 30% of them think they do. I don't think he get much better because Donovan and Joe need their possessions, and he's not going to have the ball all the time. And he's probably right, not right. going to shoot better than 47.5%. But if he does, because he does get some easy looks, and it's just like, just do the stuff that's easy. And everything else will fall into place because the other guys can do it. But those first 20 games, I just don't think that was a fair test. They just didn't have the right combination of guys. And, and making that switch as soon as possible, the trades and the lineup changes, I think that changed everything. Well, what it did too, uh, DJ, is that uh, I think it made – I think it exposed Mike somewhat. And what I mean by that is when you're in the same system and you're the – the main ball handler for 12 years and you're working with Gasol, who's a totally different uh, big man than Rudy on a pick and pop. That was kind of his game and Rudy has to have the ball delivered as we all know exactly, you know, on a, on a high level at the rim. I think Mike, again, every, I think I think Jazz fans thought this was just going to be a really easy transition. In reality, it wasn't. And then the injury comes and then the, uh, the whole hum uh, decisions of like, well, look, Moutier uh, can take this position and run with it. But remember, the Jazz made a big investment on the financial side, and they want this to work. They have to have it to work. And uh, I think Mike put a lot of pressure on himself again. The hamstring flared up not once but twice. And then PK, uh, you know, social media allowed people to start chatting, talking. He heard it. I think he pulled back a little bit. And now all of a sudden, I think he's like Joe, where he just is kind of, you know, falling into place of what life throws at you and try to get more comfortable. And I think you make a great point, DJ, about how many shots he's going to get. Look, Donovan has to have his shot. Bogdanovich has to have his shot. Rudy wants those shots and usually gets them. And when they don't, the Jazz seem to have some more struggles. Well, last night he took uh, eight, made seven. That's kind of the go-bare way. Now, who's struggling or who doesn't get the shots as much would be Joe because of his position off the bench. Because why? Jordan Clarkson is just 
an, a green light offensive player who's going to get his shots as well. Just the way it ha- happens when he handles the ball so much with that second unit. So uh, everyone's adjusting. I know fans don't want to hear that, but this has been evolving a constant a constant season of, of evolving into who they are. And maybe they finally are who exactly who they are. And it's been a long trip to get there, and I think fans were expecting it to be a little quicker, especially with Conley and, and the, the way that we saw him play with Memphis uh, for those so many years and the, and the guy he is and a good person, by the way, and a good locker room uh, guy. But just on the floor, it just didn't happen as quick, I think, as uh, everyone thought it would. How big of a deal do you think this Boston game is? Personally, I think it's big. I, I do. I, because you're you're looking, staring at a big, talented team. Uh, and, of course, when the Jazz were struggling, uh, they popped the Jazz in Salt Lake City just, what, a week and a half ago. So... I think it's big for the confidence of this final 20-game run, PK. Uh, you know, you go back and play Detroit on a back-to-back, come home, play Toronto, another good test, on your home floor after losing four in a row. So that one has to be a, another one you mark on the calendar. And then what the Jazz do from here on out is play every other night, uh, home and away, home and away, home and away. A lot of one night, just hop on a plane, go play, come back, play, go on the plane, go back. And that's what the Jazz are facing the rest of the way. So Boston, I think, for fans, for me, for you guys, I don't know how you feel about it, but, again, you get the three wins, but against teams that are of the lesser opponent level, right? Sub-500, lottery bound. So this this game, to me, will, what we're discussing right now, if it's true, and Bogey's back and Mike's comfortable and Joe – you know, is is getting more comfortable in his role now after being, you know, back pushed back to the bench. Then, if they're all in that role as we've been talking about, I think we'll see a better play, um, less indecision, because I think they're much better together now. Uh, that's what I've watched over the last three games since since they lost the four straight. Uh, they pulled themselves out of the slide, and they just seem to be playing without really overthinking the game too much. So have the Jazz adjusted to not playing with Rudy behind them to the same degree? Have they faced that enough now and tried enough different things that kind of settled in what works for them? Whether, whether they, uh, and, uh, will they put, make him defend out on the three-point line on the weak side a right. long way away from the ball? Or as Joe said, some teams want to put him in the corner so he can't possibly help because he's given up a corner three. So they've, right. they've faced this. It seems like teams have kind of boiled it down to two approaches. Very few teams let him be in the middle of the floor anymore. That just seems pretty rare. But are the guys yeah. used to not having him behind him? Because that's a security blanket to get used to over the course of two or three years. Well, DJ, I think that's another interesting concept because Gobert is just the protector. And I think, you know, you can kind of lull and maybe as a as a player with a Gobert on the floor, you don't have to maybe work as hard in your mind defensively. So a little wake-up call. But I've also watched Gobert play more aggressively and recover, as we saw him last night on a couple occasions. His lateral movement's impressive on his ability to shade a guy back to the rim and block his shot. So he's still out on the three-point line. But to his credit, I think he's more engaged. He himself, I think, is um, understanding 
uh, the need for him uh, to understand the, 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 the system that, that he's up against. And I think he has. I, I'm really impressed uh, just during this three-game stretch, and especially in Cleveland when he had the five blocks. His recovery speed and timing is really impressive. I think that's one thing he's worked on, and is I think people have got to give him credit. Uh, you know, he's just—he's not just a standstill type guy that blocks shots. He actually now is kind of proving, showing that he can laterally move with a lot of guys from the three-point line, and then block that shot as he recovers back to the rim. Uh, so it's—it's got to be a team concept. But I think you know, Rudy again puts a lot of pressure on himself. He's an all-star. There maybe was an all-star hangover with him and both Donovan because they, they worked so hard to get to that level, and then when it was over, you realize you got to go back to work. So there's a lot of things that come into play here. And hopefully, you know, they've worked through it over the last two weeks, and who they are is what we're watching right now. But I'm still, I still want to see it against a Boston or a Toronto, a high-level team that you would have to run through, not in the West, obviously, but in the East. Those are Eastern powers. Eastern Conference powers that uh, should give us a pretty good indicator of where where the Jazz truly are. He's Craig Bullerjack, and he'll be on TV Friday and Saturday night. It's the Boston Celtics Friday, it's the Detroit Pistons Saturday, and then back home for a change of clothes. Thanks, Buller. Hey, guys, a weekend double dip. Get uh, You'll get a good taste of Jazz basketball, and uh, we'll talk next week. Craig Bolajak, join us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When we come back, everything you missed in this show. If you're just joining us, you missed Joe Ingles. We'll get that for you next. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The Jazz beat the Knicks 112-104. That's a three-game winning streak. They are headed into Boston to play a Celtic team that just got 32 points from Jason Tatum and beat the Cleveland Cavaliers 112-106. Jazz stay in front of the Thunder, sixth place. They beat the Pistons 114-107. Jazz will see Detroit Saturday. Also in front of the Dallas Mavericks, who are two games back in seventh place. Dallas in overtime, beat New Orleans 127-123. Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry will play tonight. He's been out four months with a broken left hand. Warriors are taking on the Toronto Raptors, 8.30 on TNT after the Clippers and Rockets at 6 on TNT. And Utah State and New Mexico playing the quarterfinals of the Mountain West Conference Tournament, 7 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Scotty G's got the pregame show on the radio at 6.30 here on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions. Backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century Utah. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Big show. Big show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? What is Ash Wednesday? You're supposed to give up something as a sign of penitence for the next six weeks. If you were to give something up, what would you be willing to give up? Would you park where you're supposed to? Take up one stall only. You know, I didn't do a very good job of parking. I will say that. I Did you on, cross four stalls again? No, but I was on the line. So you're taking up two instead of four, well, but you still... No, no, I was taking up one, but I was in a hurry. You did that on purpose. What, you're taking up two spots. No, on yes, no, I wasn't. You did no, that on there was not like the lines are bright yellow. They're hard to see. <laughs> Parking stall lines are merely suggestions. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
I think that's the way we we should play every night. That's jazz basketball, and that's our identity, you know. And we're able to do it against uh, against teams that maybe are not contending teams. You know, we have to do it every night, and we have to keep doing it even when things get tough. I think if we keep trusting one another and and, and keep communicating on, on the defensive end and, and moving the ball offensively, we're a very good team. There is Rudy Gobert after the Jazz get the win over the Knicks. A week ago, you were saying, I want a three-game win streak. These teams are all in the bottom third of the league. WWW. Start feeling good about yourself. Now. www.kickbutt.com. That a kid, right. (laughs) So tell me what's better. Jazz basketball or (laughs) Renai and the kids? Uh, That's pretty... Poor selection right there. <laughs> Regardless, some one has I, to be better than the other. I might rather listen to you sing the hits. That's a you form of encouragement with jazz like basketball or, or nigh on the kids. Repeatable. What they did last night. Nothing. I've got two kids at home and oh, Renai and Jake and the kids. Joe <laughs> thinks that's terrible. He thinks your Aussie accent is terrible and he will not do his American accent because he knows it's terrible. That's why you do it. You don't take yourself seriously on that stuff. It's the karaoke thing. As long as you're up there singing, it's fun. The people who get up there and think they're talent scouts out there are the ones who screw it up for everybody. I love Renai and the kids. <laughs> Jacob and Mila. <laughs> Joe, he's ingratiated himself to the point where I know his wife's name and I know his kids' names. There's nobody else. So there's somebody who works for the Jazz, who listens to us, who started texting wives' names to us the last time you said that. It was hilarious. Well, I certainly And if you think about it, you'll, you'll know who it was. Renai and the kids. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob and Miller. But they were listening, and immediately I just started getting wives. And once I saw them, then I knew them, but I couldn't recall them off the top of my head on my own. I knew Stacy's name, Hornisex wife. Mm-hmm. And then... You knew Kay, you knew Kay, Nada. I couldn't, I couldn't think of Kay. You knew... But uh, Nada, yes. Yeah. I've actually spoken to her several times over the years. Uh, but I now, could, they were also in town a very long time. Well... Whereas a lot of these players actually, have been coming and going. Actually, I and the kids, are they're approaching Hornisex duration. And you know them, Right. Rudy's not married. He's been here a long time, but Rudy's not married, so you don't I know. I did not know whether he's married. And just because you're not married doesn't mean you don't have kids. I hate. I know in your world everything fits neatly into a box. It really doesn't, actually. <laughs> what? There's some boxes. Your kid's going around doing some stuff? You're not exactly. You've been holding out on me? You're not exactly right. <laughs> oh, how you about you? You grandpa that we didn't know about? Nope. That's not what I'm getting at. You got like, some other kids outside of I honey? Got, I got extended family, Doc. <laughs> oh, yeah, but as long as it's not the nuclear. All the problems are in the extended. Once they start creeping into the nuclear, then that's when you have issues. Well, but as, when it's extended, it's just kind of laughable. Well, I don't hey, Count your blessings, I buddy. I don't want to get into it. Name them one by one. <laughs> <laughs> Back to knowing everything about everything. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. So, the key to this game was it was repeatable. The way they played, the way this all came together... That's what, say, jazz basketball in Australian accent. No, no. Rudy said it in 
A French accent. All right, give me a French accent then. Oh, I get right. That's what a, jazz a basketball is supposed to That's what jazz basketball is supposed to look like. There was it nothing is, extraordinary. I mean, it was awesome the night Clarkson went for 37, but that's not repeatable. He's not going to go for 37 every night. The night he does it, we find it wildly entertaining, but we're not sitting down expecting that, see that. 50, yeah. 60, 70 times a year. No, but everybody did what they're supposed but to do, Mitchell's what they're capable 20, of doing. Right. Mitchell's 23 points is a point, under, point and a half under his average. Bogdanovich's 23 is two and a half over his average. Gobert's 18 and 14. He can do that. Well, you know, Bogdanovich was the least of my worries when the team wasn't playing well. Yeah, but when a guy who's averaging 20 points a game is going for seven points. But I you know, knew it was only a matter of time. Sure, sure. That's what I'm saying. Yes, and, it sucked, and that was a significant reason why they were losing, but it was only a matter of time before he started making baskets again. So as much as people think, the Jazz suck, look at this losing streak. If you take a bigger look at it, over 21 games, which is basically a quarter of the season, they're 11-10. and 10. It's not so much they've totally been sucking. They've sucked on some nights. Well, the Jazz... has been prolonged uh, mediocrity. Okay, at the moment... I'd say the verb is should be used. The Jazz are sucking. Not that the Jazz suck, and they always right. suck. But, the, but, the but jazz, when they were losing to Phoenix, the Jazz are sucking at that point. Yes, that's true. But we've talked many times about how this fan base is completely invested. We have multiple people dropping we on our Facebook and Twitter pages talking about the Jazz latest three-game Well, that's Rudy street. the French. They go to we-we. <laughs> right. But I think if you look at the bigger picture here they're 11 and 10 with really good wins in the mix yeah but bigger picture in the moment doesn't work but it's really who they've been well i think they're better than 11 and 10 they should be i and that's why it's mediocre and i think we all think they're better so than a mediocre your record team. is always what you have been and what you are that's it yes in the moment i think they're i think they can be the third best team I've separated now the Clippers and Lakers. Many people have been separated all along. The Clippers have well, introduced you, doubt on their own, but they have sat a lot of guys. What I mean with that is not it's not a knock against them. It's that I thought there was others in the discussion. So it's not about them playing better. Yeah. It's that Houston stumbled and blew a winnable game. It's not that they've separated themselves. It's more the other teams have forms of inconsistency that don't put them at that level. And the two that I refer to, what I did earlier, is the Nuggets losing at home to the Warriors and the Rockets going in the Garden and losing to the Knicks. Can't have that. This is March. Can't have that. And Clippers... And Lake, although the Clippers, who they lose to? Memphis the other day? Or the Lakers, I should say? The uh, Lakers lost. did lose a bad game. Yeah, I think it was the Grizzlies. Memphis. Yeah. And then they came back without AD the next night on Sunday. But there's six games Orleans. clear in the loss column, so they've got a little buffer to stumble yeah, once in a while. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You're right. right. They're going to be the one seed. Uh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. But I still like the Clippers better because those two teams playing each other, there is no seed. There is no home court. There isn't. They're actually literally going to be in their own I mean, locker they rooms. Paint their, uh, they'll, they'll, all they'll stuff. do is swap out the floor. They'll yeah. be in their own locker rooms. They won't have to get on a plane. No. They'll sleep in their own beds and train in their own facilities, blah, blah, blah. So all that stuff's out the window. It just That is meaningless when it comes to – and I think the Clippers know it. And I don't think the Lakers have been trying to bend over backwards to get the best record. 
No, LeBron sat sits occasionally. Mm, very rare. Yeah, I, I think he's taken it. I think LeBron. One of the good things. I mean, he's a phenomenal player, but I think that he probably has embraced being the face of the league as well as anybody's ever embraced it. And by that, I mean he knows that there's so many folks who are paying to come see him play. And so he's taken that personal and in the way that Letter Carrier used to talk about it, that I'm going to play because people are coming out here to watch me play, so I'm going to play. And I think because he's taken that attitude, that has led to them having the best record in the West. If they would have taken the Clippers' attitude or if he would have taken the Clippers' attitude. Yeah, they might not be there then. Yeah. They could be in the dogfight, in the mix. Yeah. He's missed three games this year, LeBron has. Right. Which I have to go back and look. I think it's – well, there's been a couple of years he's given himself a, a, an extended vacation midseason. Miami. He did. Well, no, Cle- he was with he was Cleveland. In Cleveland. Because he, he went back down to Cleveland. For like a week. He went to Miami. Yeah. And he figured, well, I'm in Cleveland, and I came back to Cleveland, so you people better shut up. <laughs> Deal with it. And they did. Yeah. And they got the championship, so it all worked out. So the West now, the Clippers on 19 losses, the Nuggets on 20, the Rockets on 21, the Jazz on 22. Those are your three teams for the third spot. Oklahoma City has too much ground to make up, but they might win a playoff series anyway. Uh, I think they could get in that mix. It depends, but yeah, those are my two. Those are my three teams, and I think the Jazz are capable of getting there. Nuggets, Rockets, Jazz, will. not OKC. Correct. Okay, and not Dallas. No, but I love what Dallas is doing. Right, but they don't have playoff experience. You wouldn't you expect them to go You got a twenty-three-year-old in Porzingis, and you got a twenty-year-old in Doncic. If I'm Cuban, I'm just thinking, man, this is just great. All I got to do is provide some talent along the way, and we should be good for the next decade. <laughs> sell, out, sell out crowds, selling sponsorships and luxury suites, because people are going to come see these guys. like to thank the Knicks for giving up on Porzingis. Good work, guys. Yeah, you know, when I moved to Phoenix, it was uh, after that um, they had lost that coin flip for Abdul, and I used to keep hearing, oh, the coin flip, the coin flip, the coin flip. What was, when did he come out? 70, 71, somewhere along those lines. And I moved several years later. And like they lost a coin flip. They used to have the East and West coin flip in those mm-hmm. days, right? Before they, the lottery, yeah. And they lost it to the Bucks, obviously. The, that's worst, where he the worst team in the East, the worst yeah. team in the West had a coin flip for the number one pick. Well, here we are 40-some years later. And you and passed you, on Dunsage. Yeah, you can blow it big time, man. <laughs> <laughs> what year were they? What, what spot were they drafted in that draft? What draft? The Doncich draft. First, they had the, then the morning pick. Yeah, and they took the, Aiden, and then the Kings had two, and they took Bagley. And, <laughs> and Dallas is like awesome. Actually, I mean it was a trade because I think they the Hawks took it. Yeah, yeah, it was Trey Young trade. for Luca. Yeah, so there's another club that's never done anything. You know, Trey Young is nice, but you'd rather have Doncich. I think you'd rather have Doncich. Yeah, and I mean, Size, uh, and, and Aiden is not bad. But, but you'd rather have Doncic. There's no question. There's no question. This kid is brilliant. I don't. I mean, I have. You got to go back to Magic to see a 20 year old play like this. 30 points, 17 boards, 10 assists, and an overtime win. Maybe LeBron. I'd have to check his stats as a rook. He was really good right out of the gate. But I wonder if he was like as, Kobe and Garnett was took a little bit of time in his hands as much. I don't remember. Whereas in Magic, from day one, the ball was in his hands. Literally game one. And I don't remember, was LeBron, I know he was really good, obviously, but was LeBron, did he, was he running the offense nearly every possession the way Doncic and Magic did at 20 years of age? 
Uh, I can tell you he averaged 21.6 assists and five and a half boards. And those are great numbers, but Doncic is the better. Doncic is better, yep. Now that was as a 19-year-old. Yeah, and this is Doncic's second year, but he was yeah. really good last year. And Doncic did that at 19 because I think he's only 20 now. It's really amazing. He's an amazing ball player. LeBron went from 21 points to 27 to 31 his first three years. Yeah. With a bullet. Right. I don't think that Doncic will ever get to that level scoring because he's he has to facilitate too. He could, just like Magic could have scored 30 if that's what it meant, but that wasn't his role on the team. And I don't think with Luka that's not his role on the team. He's got to get other guys involved too. Other stuff we've talked about this morning, Aggies are playing tonight. It's the Lobos again. They just lost to them in the pit. Now they get them on a neutral floor quarterfinals in the Mountain West Conference Tournament. The Mulligans are all gone. They are right on the bubble. Screw everything up with a yeah, loss. Yeah, I, I don't think the New Mexico thing was a bad loss. Really? I've been in the pit a hundred times, man. Yeah. Is it, they're not, but this is also a worse New Mexico team than the ones you they've saw. They've won 18 games. Right, but they got a losing record in league. They New still, Mexico have but they, but, but they weren't playing in league. They were playing at home. Well, they were playing both, but you're right. The emphasis is I don't think they had a losing record at home. I, I don't think so. I'm, and this is not a great New Mexico team. I get that. But uh, having been there, it's a conference game, senior night. Come on, man. You lost by two points. If they get if they don't make the tournament, it shouldn't be because of that one. Okay, well, don't lose to them again because that, okay, it'll, it's an it'll, old, this is it'll, a whole different story. It'll knock you out. This is not and maybe in it'll the pit. break this against is not senior day. None of that stuff applies this go around. Their so last yes. their last four in headed for Dayton, according to Lardy's bracketology right well, now. That's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Get in, well, get the good in. thing is the teams coming out of there won three games in a week and made it to the second week. It's not. It's not a. Oh yeah. You're not well, doom and gloom. And this year especially, it feels like game, game after game is going to be a toss up this year. There's just not that much separation. I don't know that basketball. there's any difference any year now, because um, the great teams are full of one and dones, and they're not prepared to win in no. the postseason. Carmelo did it, but and then Cal Kentucky Perry did, did it, it one year. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's it. And don't forget, he had Jerry McNamara. <laughs> okay. But I agree with you. They've got to win. They've got to win tonight. 7 o'clock that ball game is. Yep. CBS Sports Network. Uh, the whole Mountain West Commerce Tournament is on CBS Sports Network. Well, we had today, Dave Rose in on Tuesday, and he felt like they needed to get to the final and play San Diego State. Unless they got the final play somebody else and win. Win, and then, then they got a medic. Yeah. yeah. And, and Dave, I don't know if you know, he was leaving. He came in on Tuesday. He was supposed to be in on Monday, but I, I had my plane canceled, so I had to make arrangements, so we changed it to Tuesday. And he was leaving right after the show to go to Vegas because he was doing Mountain West Radio. I had heard that. And yeah. he's doing uh, a West Coast TV. He's got some games, uh, is it today, I think, with Roxy Bernstein? I believe you are correct. So I hope he hits it out of the park because I know he wants to do it. He'll be fine. He's opinionated. He could always talk. Well, we were joking. Are you, you're going to be UB and be technical? You're going to be Bill Walton and just have all this outrageous knowledge? No, he's not going to be and, Or are you going to be Dick Vitale and just, oh, baby, you know, all that stuff. What What's your style going to be? He, did t- he told a nice story about uh, Walton 
and he said Walton would come in and he'd have uh, all these notes and he'd have these notes from years ago and that's how come he's able to just spew uh so-and-so's grandfather you know he just has all this knowledge of the state and then he just goes on about other stuff about this he gets way deep on on like the top eight players he said that he'd sit there with walton and walton would ask him a million questions and be writing down everything it's working at it that always helps yeah, some people will say the type of preparedness isn't re- necessarily relevant to the game, but well, it depends on you got to decide when to share all that knowledge you've got. It's not all appropriate every game. And sit there. Uh, and it seems like he does read it. Wikipedia at everybody. I don't have a problem with him. I don't think he's like I gotta hear a game that's he's calling or man, I gotta turn the sound down. Let him do what he does. I'm fine with it. So Dave's on radio. He was on radio for Mountain West, and he was doing TV West Coast. And so today. I think it's today. I know he was doing radio yesterday. Okay. And I think it's today. I think he's got LMU. Who's LMU playing? He was saying. I can't remember now. But, uh, I have to look at But him. he was doing the game. He was, And he told me he was doing with Roxy Bernstein uh, on the games. And he was excited about it. Loyola Marymount and USD. 7 o'clock tonight at the Orleans Arena. I'm pretty sure that's what he was doing. Yeah. And is that a BYU TV? I think it might be BYU TV. BYU TV is televising the early rounds of the, yeah. what, the, the non, West Coast. Uh, uh, they do. They have, the, they have the odd thing where they do two games a day. So seven plays 10 and eight plays nine, and the winners Correct. advance to play yeah. five and six, and the winners advance to play three and four. You can get makes a buy it, or a double buy. Right. It makes it really hard for those uh, lower-seeded teams to fight their way through the tournament and get an automatic bid. Plus they suck. Right, so let them knock each other out, and don't make, don't let them drag somebody's. Uh, it's the Gonzaga rules. Number down, right? That's yeah. what they wanted. That's what they got. That's what they got. All right, DJ and PK. All the headlines for today brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at lhmdeals.com. Your feedback and update on the poll question of Mike Conley next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Zane Brugler from The Athletic breaking down the NFL draft. There's a lot of buzz right now concerning Jordan Love. What did you see out of him in the combine? And when you project a little bit, where do you think he might end up? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. And that's never more true than we talk about these quarterbacks in the draft. Which team is going to like Jordan Love over the others? And that's something that I'm not sure we know yet, but there's plenty of buzz uh, for Jordan Love. A lot of teams are saying, okay, well, once we get our hands on him, once we coach him up, they're really excited about where he could be. So I think after the combine that he had, and that's after the senior bowl, I mean, I think he cemented himself as a first-round prospect. He could be in the top 10 mix. Uh, maybe he goes just outside the top 10. The momentum that he has is definitely on the rise and something that's going to help him throughout. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Feedback of the day is brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Three in a row now for the ball club is all well in Jazzland. Nuff said make grievy. Jordan Wright. Jordan tweets at us, defense is still a major problem for this team, and it'll kill them in the playoffs if they don't figure it out. 
Yeah, the defense is so much different in the postseason. Guys guard here. Did they know they had to guard? Really? Did they have to really guard getting a stance for the 24 seconds and <laughs> dig in? And I think the they were Knicks? worried about two guys, and they did enough. Yeah, so let's hold off on that until it really matters. Jimmy says, I'm beginning to think this is the Jazz. For the most part, they'll beat bad teams. For the most part, they'll lose to the top teams. I'm not going there yet. I think he's on the right track. I think they beat bad and mediocre teams. I think if you rank the whole league, the Jazz are, depending on how optimistic or pessimistic you are, they're somewhere between 7 and 8, best case scenario, to the 10th to 12th team in the league. They beat the Rockets. They beat the Bucks. They they beat split. They have split Clippers. with they've split with beat Miami. The top six in the East. They split with the Bucks. They split with the Heat. They split with the Sixers. They so split them. with the Pacers. Right. Boston and Toronto. They lost to them once. They've got the second meetings coming up. Boston Friday and Toronto when they get back home. I don't really care about those teams. Okay. Lakers and Clippers are better. Well, they beat the Clippers at are full the, strength. Right. But I still think they're better. They are better, but they, they the question was, can they beat the good teams? The answer four, is yes. Four times. Are they going to beat the Clippers four times? My guess would be no. Right. But don't tell me they can't beat them. They have beaten them. Yes, they have. And I, I hope we get the opportunity to beat the Clippers. Because it probably means they're, they're in the, the second, second round. round. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it does feel like, with what Kawhi said, and now the Clippers have taken over a second spot from Denver... And maybe they'll rest people and plummet to fourth and play the Lakers in the second round and open up an easy pa- easier path to the conference finals for somebody. But it really feels like now the Clippers are going to finish second. Look at the Lakers and say, well, see in the mind, They're the best team. They've got players and they've got nasty guys who know that I'm a role player. I'm out here to just be an enforcer. You know, I'm Lou Williams. I'm out here to make some shots. Yep. And they're a, they are an extremely veteran ball club with one goal. Chris says a win in Boston and against Toronto at home will help melt away some of the anxiety in Jazz Well, there's no question about that. I agree 100%. Poll question. Mike Conley is averaging 15 points, 5 assists, 3.6 rebounds over the last 10 games. He's shooting 48, 38, and 80 from the floor three in the free throw line. Is this who he is going forward? 57% of the people say yes. 31% think he's still going to improve. 12% 12% say he's going to slip. He's rocking in the free world. How old is that song? I don't know, okay. but that's what he's doing. No. <laughs> All, right. All right, we're out of time. Tony and Oster up next. We'll see you.